Betty Wells has our special this morning. Grace cannot 
be shaken every step brought me closer Lord to you every step brought me closer to step uh, brings me closer to you and may that be your prayer and also your goal this morning open your bibles this morning to the book of second kings chapter 8 this is the first time i've been in the pulpit since uh last sunday morning obviously in the revival effort and our guest speaker and again i just want to say uh, thanks uh, for your encouragement uh, last Sunday. It was very touching. I uh, appreciate so much encouragement. You know, all of us can be an encouragement to each other. One of the greatest things that you can do this week, besides telling the lost about Jesus, is to be an encouragement to somebody. Who can you encourage this week? You know, certainly some of our kids may need encouragement to go back to school. Maybe a school teacher may be overwhelmed and uh, I've really, you know, I don't know if I'm ready for another year and you can encourage them. There's all sorts of encouraging things you can say and do and it's kind of like the, the person that puts his, his feet to his prayers. Uh, we can pray for the lost, but if you never tell them about Jesus... I mean, it's not really doing a whole lot of good. And uh, and then also we can pray for encouragement, but if we don't encourage others, the Bible says, how can ourselves be encouraged? We encourage others, we get encouraged a lot of times. So I want to thank the church for uh, the time of encouragement uh, last Sunday morning. Thank you very much. Uh, let's stand as we read God's Word. Ease to your feet. And uh, unless you're holding an infant or, or uh, whatever the situation may be, and we can read God's Word together, just uh, a neat a nugget tucked away in Second Kings chapter 8, verse 1. Then spake Elisha unto the woman, whose son he had restored to life, saying, Arise, and go thou and thine household, and sojourn. Wheresoever thou canst sojourn, for the Lord hath called for a famine, and it shall also come upon the land seven years. And the woman arose and did after the saying of the man of God, and she went with her household and sojourned in the land of the Philistines seven years. And it came to pass at the end of seven, uh, seven years' end that the woman returned out of the land of the Philistines and she went forth to cry unto the king for her house and for her land. And the king talked with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, saying, Tell me, I pray thee, all the great things that Elisha hath done. And it came to pass, as he was telling the king how he had restored a dead body to life, that, behold, the woman whose son he had restored to life cried to the king for her house and for her land. 
And Gehazi said, My Lord, O king, this is the woman, and this is her son, whom Elisha restored to life. And when the king asked the woman, she told him, So the king appointed unto her a certain officer, saying, Restore all that was hers and all the fruits of the field since the day that she left the land, even until now. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time to read your word together. Please bless your word. May your Holy Spirit be in control this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Thank you for standing up and taking part in that. A simple title this morning, Hidden Blessings. I mean, there's a lot of blessings that are hidden. And a lot of times God has a blessing for you and you may not realize it until after you've uh, gone through a time. It could be a time where someone has been sick. It could be a time where you've uh, had a job change or something to that nature. And there's a hidden blessing. A lot of times, of course, this makes logical sense. Hidden blessings come whenever you don't know what tomorrow holds. And you don't know what God has in store. And God has a blessing, but we have to get through the times, what we call the unknown. And this woman, obviously, when God called for a famine, and they went down to the land of the Philistines to stay there, they didn't know what the outcome was going to be. And uh, matter of fact, if you uh, one of the most famous verses that uh, go along with this thought in the book of Romans chapter 8, Many of you know this verse. You may not can quote it, but you can code it. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 28, the Bible says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. Now there's two phrases, to them. To them that love God, and to them who are the called according to His purpose. So it doesn't, and as we've often said, it doesn't mean that all things are good, but it says all things work together for good. Now, in having these hidden blessings, this is a, this is a neat story. And even though it doesn't involve uh, necessarily a prophet here in this story, it involves the prophet's servant, Gehazi. And this is pretty neat because it's kind of like, you know, when, and I can just see this happening. And as we unfold this this morning, tucked away in the middle of it everywhere, you know, she said, I just don't know how this is going to work out. We've been struggling for seven years in a foreign land. Those, have you ever been to, uh, Philistia? I mean, uh, Philistia is just, it's just, you know, that's where the giant was from, you know, uh, Goliath, and that's where that famous, you know, King David went down there a few times. They were Israel's enemy for a time, but she found a, a, a spot to hide away and to be fed in her and her son, who was restored to life, and they made it, her family, they made it through the storm. They made it through the tough times that are about to hit. And then she said, you know what, I bet you robbers, bandits, hoodlums, uh, squatters, who is living in her house? Or is her house even still standing? I wonder if my property is all in one piece. I bet the barns tore down. And, you know, she went there. She probably couldn't secure it. 
and all the things that they have been gone for a while. And uh, so she takes that problem to the king. Now, this particular woman, now notice in our gospel, or in, excuse me, in our book here, it says in verse 1, Elisha said unto the woman, and notice it qualifies who this woman is, whose son he had restored to life. Now, you have to back up a few pages in Second Kings chapter 4 and verse 18. It tells who this woman is. In Second Kings chapter 4 and verse 18, it talks about uh, the Shunammite woman. And uh, because of, in verse 8, it says uh, that Elijah passed to Shunam. And there was a great woman there. Apparently this woman was uh, well respected in the community. And uh, she didn't have a child. Lo and behold, hey, about this time, uh, you'll be expecting a child before too long, the prophet said. And guess what? She had a child. Well, the child was grown in verse 18. And it says that when he went out to help his dad in on the farm, all of a sudden many people believe that he had a stroke. You know, just looking at the, uh, and he cries out, my head, my head. And a lot of people think that he probably had a stroke. Did you know, did y'all know this? Life is fragile. Life is very fragile. You never know. You know, when my cousins, I was talking to them this week, and uh, my Uncle Al, and that, again, Aunt Linda's my dad's sister, and Al and Linda. And it just he just dropped dead right there in the house. I mean, dropped dead. They started doing CPR on him. And they did CPR on him for about 20-something minutes. Ambulance gets there. Ambulance can't find a pulse. They've been doing CPR for 20 minutes. They shock him three times. The third one was going to be the last one. They had reached the maximum amount. And all of a sudden, they got a pulse. And they life. Flighted him in an ambulance, if you can do that sort of thing. And they took him to the hospital. He was in a coma, da-da-da-da-da, long story short. He's coming back out of it. Wow. I mean, you just don't know. Life, I mean, but this, what a prayer. Now, Gehazi, remember, he's also the one that got the leprosy from Naaman. But he continued, as you read the Scriptures, he continued, even though he made that huge mistake that Gehazi made, he still was Elisha's servant or helper, that's what he is, kind of like an associate, kind of like Trey is to me. He's an associate, he's there, he's, doing, he's working, he's helping Elisha do his thing. Even after uh, Gehazi made that huge mistake with Naaman's leprosy. But anyway, and so he's, he's helping here, and as you read the story, of course, the child dies in verse 20. And then as you read on the story, it says that, uh, that Gehazi uh, laid his staff upon him in verse 31, passed on before them, laid the staff on the face of the child, but there was neither voice nor hearing. Wherefore, he went again to meet him and told him the child is not awake. And then, of course, Elisha comes in and he does this thing. So who is this woman? It's the Shunammite woman who's who didn't have a child, all of a sudden God grants her a great prayer request. 
I have a child, and then, think about it, I got a gift from God, and now the child is dead, and now all of a sudden, think about all the things she's gone through. Now I want to say this to each of you. All of you can remember tough times that God has helped you through. Tough times that God has helped you through. Think about this woman didn't have a child, prayed, got a child, child dies. Lord, please help me. And all of a sudden, another answered prayer, the child is revived. Oh no, another problem. What's the problem? Famine. By the way, the Bible does spell out that this famine was sent by God here in chapter 8. You know, when tough times hit, there's all sorts of examples of people that have been through famines before. I put in there about Abraham and Sarah fled to Egypt. Matter of fact, that story is found in Genesis chapter 12. And they fled to Egypt because of a famine. What about uh, Jacob's family fled to Egypt, even though their brother, or excuse me, Jacob's son Joseph and all the other guy's brother was there already as vice president, and they fled to Egypt because of a famine. And then you think about the story about Elimelech and Naomi in the book of Ruth fled to the land of Moab because of a famine again. But a famine is just so tough. Did you know we have famines in America? We have famines of jobs. We definitely haven't had really a famine of food. There's lots of food, but food prices are astronomical. <laughs> just go grocery shopping. You know, we can, we walked out of Walmart with two sacks for 75 bucks the other day. And uh, there was a few more than that. I'm from Texas. I exaggerate. And, uh, but it just, y'all know food prices are, I said, my goodness, it's $400 a pound for hamburger meat. <laughs> I mean, hamburger meat is just crazy and, and everything's going up. There is a, but there can be a famine of jobs. There can be a famine of, uh, of, of love. There can be a famine of peace. There can be a famine of joy. Did you know there's a lot of people walking around today in Ashley County that have no joy? In your life. Did you know the Bible says if you have Jesus, you have joy unspeakable and full of glory. But a lot of times we don't share that joy. The Bible also says you, if you're saved, have a peace that passes all understanding. But you know there can be, did you know this? There can be a famine of peace. There's no, there's no peace. There can be a famine of a lot of things, I'm saying. It doesn't have to be food. And sometimes God allows the famine to happen, I think, to see who we will turn to. Who we will turn to. You know, the tough times definitely hit in verse 1 and verse 2 describe it. And I want to get on and end up, of course, with our last verses. We only read six verses this morning. In verses 3 through 6. Now, this is a cool story. Now, and I put in here, how, first of all, let's talk about her house or property was taken by squatters or bandits. The Bible doesn't tell exactly the details about her property. You talk about, well, can women own land, you know, then this and that, women's rights. But it doesn't matter. She had a problem. She did not have access to her property for whatever reason. And so she's going to the government. Imagine that. 
going to the government to argue for her property. And as I look here, this is very similar to Naomi and Ruth's situation, but that had to do with near kinsmen and near kinsmen redeeming the property, which is a picture of Jesus Christ. And we look at verse 4, and let's just look at verse 3 and 4. And it came to pass at the, at the end of seven years that the woman returned out of the land of the Philistines, and she went forth to cry unto the king for her house and her land. So she doesn't have access to her property because of her right to own it or right to have it or because people were there or somebody took it. And the king, notice there, switched scenes. This is kind of like a movie. Because in verse 3 you have a scene, the woman is going to the king. In verse 4, all of a sudden, switch scenes. Where are you at now? You're inside the White House. The president. And the president's bored. And he says, Gehazi comes along walking through the hall. And he says, hey, Gehazi, come over here. Do you have any really cool stories about what Elisha has done? He said, well, yeah, let me tell you about the latest one, the last one that happened. Now, let me ask you all this. Y'all may believe in coincidences, but I don't. I, I believe that God somehow, you can say it's a coincidence, but God uses coincidences. And God, did you think it was a, happened to be a coincidence that number one, the king's bored, or whatever, he wants to hear a story, and he asked Gehazi, tell me a story about Elisha. Guess what story Gehazi picks? Yeah, the right one, the Shunammite woman. Guess who's coming up the steps of the White House? Now, I'm just calling that because that's what we The palace. Whatever you want to call it. Where the king is. Guess who's coming up the hallway? The woman whose story is being told in the king's chamber. There's no coincidence here. What it is, is God worked it all out. That's pretty cool. It's a neat gem of a story tucked away here in 2 Kings chapter 8. That woman who's just basically at her wit's end, he, she needs help to solve a problem. And a lot of times we need God's help. And folks, all of a sudden you think it's a coincidence that you get a, a check in the mail. You think it's a coincidence that uh, the job application was approved. You think it's a coincidence that so-and-so just happened to call you to encourage you at the right time. I think not. I think God has a way of working in the lives of God's people at the right time with the right thing for the right reason. Now listen, you may think, well, I really need a coincidence to happen right now. I really need one of those things to happen to me this week. Well, do you think she was thinking that the whole seven years? Sometimes God allows, and it could be seven days, it could be seven hours that you struggle with whatever a decision to make, with struggle with doubt, that you struggle with discouragement. It could be seven hours, it could be seven months. It could be seven years that you struggle with is this all my life is going to be? Is my life no more than this? 
God, take my life. Use it for Your honor and glory. I'm tired of this deadbeat, dead-end rut that I'm in. I'm in a rut right now. God, help me out of this rut. Folks, God just blinks at these seven years. But to us, it seems like forever. God has a coincidence waiting on you. And guess when it will happen? It will happen at the right time. Because it was at the right time that the king asked Gehazi that the, that the woman started walking up the hallway. There's no coincidences in God's kingdom. He is in control of all. Now, it may be not on our time, and it may not be when you want it. In the, whenever troubles or tough times or ever what description you want to use happens in your life, it's hard to wait. It's hard to wait on God. I put in there, you know, the coincidence. What problems or obstacles has God helped you overcome? And as I look back at the, what I described to you under the first part, and I think about so many of you in here, that God has helped you through tons of stuff. He'll help you through whatever you may be facing now. I can't know what God does, though. Let's look at verse 5 again. And it came to pass as he was... This is the cool story. This is neat. And it came to pass. How many times is that phrase in the Bible? It came to pass. Well, praise the Lord. It came to pass. I'm ready for it to happen. It came to pass. As he was telling the king how... Elijah, Elisha, excuse me, restored a dead body to life. Behold, the woman whose son he had restored to life, that, who cried, cried to the king. He came in, came into the office for her house and her land. Gehazi, I said, my lord, O king, this is the woman, and look who's standing beside her. Her son, the fellow that got raised from the dead, he's right there. And the king asked the woman, hey, and guess what? She said, told him the same story. Just the right time. Now, verse 6 is cool. And I, I head toward the end of my sermon with two thoughts. Two thoughts. Now, don't get all excited and shut your Bibles and start gathering your paper and your Bible cover just yet. Okay, you ready? Two thoughts that I want you to... When you leave this church... This morning, I want two words, or two phrases, would be more accurate, to stick in your mind. More than you asked for, and restored. More than you asked for, and restored. This is just like salvation. You don't just get saved from hell. When you get saved, you get more than you ask for. You get blessings, joy, peace. that You don't necessarily need, but God gives you, it's called grace. He gives it to you anyway. And guess how He does it? He restores. Guess what the king did for this woman? He restored. What does it say in the verse 6? Restore. 
Restore. Man, I, matter of fact, you can come up here and look in my Bible. I've got it underlined. Restore. Restore what? Her property. And guess what? All the fruit. It means everything that that land has produced, give it to her. The past seven years, if anything came off that property, restore it to her. So not only the house and the property, but all the fruit, the proceeds, what the, what the pea crop brought, what the corn crop brought. If there was anything, then there was a famine, you say, but whatever the property brought, restore it to her. Restore it to her. And whenever I asked Jesus Christ to save me, guess what God did? He restored something that was broken. And she, did she ask for, what did she ask? She asked for the house back and the property. Did she ask for the fruit and all that other proceeds? And guess what the king gave her? More than she asked for. And I'm going to put before y'all t- this morning, what did King Jesus give you? More than you asked for. More than you asked for. As we prepare for a hymn invitation. What two things I want you to remember? How that we're restored and we get more than we ask for. I would call that a hidden blessing. I did not know what Jesus would do when I asked Him to save me. And neither really did you. You might have been like me pretty young he saved me but he gave me more than I asked